0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. A special shout-out to my good friend, Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, I am with you, praying for all your friends In Japan, of course, right here in the United States, you know uh, she is the wife of the late Justin Dart and has kept that spirit going. And boy, Yoshiko, we need it right now. We need you and we need that spirit right now. I want to tell all of my listeners in the United States and around the world that no matter where you are, No matter where you are, it's like we're all one family going through this horrible time together. But you know what? That's what's going to get us through this at the end, and it is because we are one family. People with disabilities. No matter where they are in the world, are so connected. When I speak across the world, you know, and I talk about my epilepsy and how I'm hard of hearing. I mean, it's as if I'm just right at home in the United States when I talk to everyone. So all of my friends around the world—Indonesia, South Korea, Japan, Panama, Kazakhstan—I'm thinking of all of you. So you know that, um, and. I want to send a special shout out to, uh, in Okinawa, my good friend, Richard Roberts, who is at the embassy, who I became friends with years ago, uh, and I'm thinking about you because I know things are Uh, taking off in Japan. Uh, He is such a great disability rights leader, and so is my other friend uh, that works at the embassy in South Korea, Gang Young. So thinking about both of you, you know, just keep on keeping on with what what you're doing. And hi, Mark. Oh, my God, what they're going through right now. Because they own Allegheny uh, General Hospital and many other hospitals, uh, and here they are, You know, as uh, the CEO told me of AHN, fighting every day, finding equipment to make sure that they don't, people don't lose their lives. So healthcare workers, first responders, oh my God, you are my heroes. You know, forget about sports stars, rock stars, any stars, you are incredible. All of you, thank you. Anyone listening to the show or a relative of anyone listening to the show, I want to thank you. you. You know, you're doing so much. And why I mentioned Mark is they have been the lead sponsor of this show for four years. And we have a new uh, sponsor that we got this year, Peoples and Wells Fargo. You know, I have friends close friends at those and a new friend at Employment Options, so thank you for all of our uh, sponsors. Well, you know the past few shows have been on the COVID emergency crisis for people with disabilities, and sadly, we don't have a weekly show you can go to on TV or wherever to hear specifically about what's going on for people with disabilities. And so that's what I want to do. I want to provide this podcast and anyone listening right now, you make sure you tell all of your deaf friends about this podcast. And this show is open captioned. So, you know, everyone can hear this show. Um, and go back and hear it on demand. Now, our guest today is someone I just think the world of. She is a wonderful businesswoman, a friend, a disability rights advocate, just so passionate about everything she does for the deaf community. Danielle Phillip is the Vice President of Operations at Sign Language Interpreters Professionals, which goes by SLIP. And Danielle, it is a pleasure to have you with us today. Hi, Joyce. Thanks so much for having me on today. Well, I thought, Danielle, uh, for our listeners around the world, you could start by telling them why and how you decided to have a career in interpretive services for the deaf. Sure, of course. My
2: grandparents are deaf, so my mom, uh, her parents are both deaf, so I was raised bilingually. And SLIP, Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, was founded by my mom in 2003. Like any child, I rebelled when my mom said, well, why don't you just be an interpreter? I was like, no, who wants to do that, right? So I went on, and it wasn't until after I got my MBA in leadership and organizational transformation that I realized I wanted to be able to make a difference for people with disabilities, and specifically the deaf community. I wanted to be able to encourage businesses to incorporate the deaf community into their population of customers and employees. And it was at that time that I realized working for the family business and and now running the family business was the best way to do that. So I became a nationally certified interpreter. I now hold state court certifications and I uh, work every day to advance the access for the deaf community here in Pittsburgh
1: and in all of Western Pennsylvania. Now, I want to tell you um, that if you are in Western Pennsylvania and you need a sign language interpreting company, Danielle can't be beat. I mean, she is the best. Thank you. She is so Thank you. good that when uh, Hillary Clinton first announced her presidency, here's me, they need an interpreter. I'm calling, Danielle, I need you to go to New York to be an interpreter for Hillary Clinton. And it was like, okay, and she was there. Uh, That's what she's like. But as you might guess, I wouldn't call just anyone to go be with Hillary Clinton. So my point is, she is phenomenal. If you're looking for someone, I mean, SLIP, there isn't a better organization, uh, company. And by the way, so I don't forget this, what is your website or how would they reach you, Danielle? Of course, our website
2: is www.slipasl.com. That's S-L-I-P-A-S-L.com. They can find my contact information directly on there, and they can also find our phone number. We're also on Facebook, and with the COVID-19 crisis, have been very active on social media, making sure we are sharing information out to the community daily so that the deaf community and interpreting community alike have access to information. And so that would be facebook.com forward slash slip ASL, S-L-I-P-A-S-L.
1: Okay, and um, that is awesome. I I just want to say one more time, anyone that knows me knows there's no (laughs) in-between with me, black or white. Okay, that's it. And for me to say that about this company, well, you know how good they must be. So, Danielle, at Slip, what are the services that you provide? Because I know it's more than just you send someone out to be an interpreter. What else do you do for any businesses sure. listening to the show? Absolutely.
2: And and I have to tell you first, I remember that call that Friday afternoon very vividly, you telling me I needed to be in New York City on Roosevelt Island Saturday morning. And I thought, well, heck, I've got 12 hours to get there and it's a seven-hour drive. Better get in my car. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that day vividly. Um, but the services that SLIP provides, we, we like to, to know our customers, and we take it upon ourselves to have a true relationship with our customers and go above and beyond, as you just said, providing the sign language interpreters. While we do provide both on-site and remote interpreting services, we specialize in business professional interpreting, so working with deaf professionals in their work environments and making sure that they're integrated seamlessly. We provide consulting services with the business, and we actually talk about, okay, who are who is your focus right now? So if it's the deaf employees for some of the larger businesses here in downtown Pittsburgh, we start there, and then we find ways to say to them, well, you've got marketing going out to your customers, or you're having this big public event. How can we help? How can we make sure that you're not ignoring and by no fault of their own, it's, it's something that sometimes it isn't at the forefront. How can we help to make sure that you're providing access to all of your customers? We also provide interpreters in post-secondary, legal, and scheduled medical. And as you can imagine right now, scheduled medical is a place where we've had to pivot. We've had to find new ways to meet the needs of our customers in the deaf community. And technology is wonderful. Uh, I have spent quite a bit of time researching the different platforms. We have HIPAA compliant platforms ready to go so that our deaf clients can meet with their doctors and have a sign language interpreter right then and there, just like you and I could call in and do a telehealth visit with any of our doctors.
1: Oh, that is so awesome um, and great for people from the deaf community because this is what I always say. It's hard enough for us, people who can hear. If you go to the doctor and let's say you're asking about epilepsy and you're talking about different seizure types and what medication you should take, and then they're asking you, well, you know, when do you get an aura? When do you know ahead of time? okay. You have to listen intently then to everything they tell you. I mean, you know how it is with a doctor. You know, you have to almost mm-hmm. record what they're saying to make sure you get everything right. Okay, now imagine if right. you're deaf and you don't have an interpreter. I mean, really, that's horrific right. to think about. Because, you know,
3: well, how right much right now
1: Oh,
3: you... no, sorry to interrupt you, Joyce. No, no, uh, go uh, ahead. Go, I...
2: I was going to say doctors and, and nurses and even the public right now are wearing masks. So if a deaf person could lip read, which only 30% of spoken English is available to be lip read on the lips. So a person who says they can lip read is, is really just piecing together parts of the conversation. But either way, once a mask get put, gets put over the mouth, they're done. There's no access whatsoever. It's a scary time to not have access to auditory information right now. You don't know if a person's smiling at you. Uh, you it's, it's scary. And so I am so glad that technology affords us the opportunity to bridge that gap for the community right now.
1: You know what, Daniel? I never even thought of that. How frightening that yeah. must be. If you don't have an interpreter, right. first of all, you're afraid to begin with. Now, not only could the person not talk to you, how scary is that seeing this person in a mask when you're already a nervous wreck, you know, about what's going on? Never even thought of that. That's a good point that you made. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and have you noticed, like, are deaf people talking about that or health comp- uh healthcare? Places talking about that, about the problem with wearing masks, talking to someone who is deaf, and of course, they can't not wear the mask. You know, have you heard anyone right. talk about that?
2: Actually, I've seen a really great news story on a young woman, and I don't recall her name, but a young woman who's actually producing masks with a clear plastic space oh. in them. So that Deaf people can see through the masks. We actually had those. My grandfather, we lost him last May, unfortunately, to dementia. But when he was in a nursing home, we had the nursing home staff wear those very same masks. And I'm so grateful to hear the story of this young woman who's producing them now during the pandemic, because I know they were hard to come by a year ago. So I can only imagine that it's worse now. Others, I'm not hearing talk about the need for deaf people to be able to see facial expression aside from when I bring it up
1: yeah well we're going to talk about this more but right now we're going to go to break and uh, then we'll be back with Danielle this is Joyce Bender America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com we'll be right back don't go away
3: streaming live Are you currently receiving SSDI or SSI and wanting to work? Did you know there is a free social security program called Ticket to Work to help you try work without risking your benefits? My Employment Options is an authorized SSA employment network specializing in work at home and local job placement in 47 states. Our clients receive a personal counselor to help find the best job fit and a staff certified benefits counselor for help with Ticket to Work protections. Ready to try working? Apply for free job placement help at My Employment options.com since 1985 test line of service for more information please visit www.vendorconsult.com
0: get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And we are talking to Danielle Phillip, the vice president from Slip and a truly well-known Excellent company, and she is a great leader, top-notch in all ways, and that's why I wanted her on the show today, because as we all know, we are going through a very difficult time for everyone in this country. For deaf people It can be very scary, very frightening right now. Um, You heard Danielle was just talking about, you know, here you are going to the doctor or sadly the hospital and the nurse or doctor has a mask on. So what I wanted to talk to you about, uh, and first talking to the employers, what can they do right now to help people with accessibility period, people who are deaf. Sure. So my advice, my advice, uh, excuse me, my advice for employers
2: is to focus on improving communication practices at large. Things that they are doing now with all of their staff remote, uh, having meetings via Zoom or other online technology, if they focus on good communication practices at large, it will benefit their deaf employees. So use agendas provide documents in advance, make sure that you're screen sharing, and whenever possible, using phrases like, as you see highlighted on the screen, or on the left-hand side, there's a bullet-pointed list. Using those kinds of phrases when referencing documents rather than saying, here you will see the statistic, and over there is the information. By being more clear in their communication practices and encouraging all employees to do this, Not only will they have more successful communication in general, but their deaf people who are now working remotely and don't have access to the visual cues of the meeting room, they'll benefit as well. Now, I'm so thankful for technology. And I've learned, as I said, so much in the last month about the different technology platforms and how we can communicate in remote ways. Video remote interpreting is something that SLIP has provided since 2014. The change for us has been the volume, and we've always been proud to say that our clients choose the platform that they use for access. So at this point, interpreters can be participants on internal Skype for business meetings, or they can connect separately to deaf employees. Many of our large business customers now are putting the responsibility of making the request for interpreters in the hands of the deaf employee themselves, because that employee knows best what they need for each meeting. Uh, in doing this, rather than having a manager or an HR person manage the accommodation, the deaf person is able to decide what the most effective form of communication is for that specific correspondence. Maybe it's an IM text conversation that could be had in two minutes about a document rather than uh, an interpreter being needed for a one-hour staff meeting. I would encourage businesses to ask their deaf employees what do you need? Do you have what you need? And what can we do better? But by encouraging all employees to improve their communication and state their name before they speak in a meeting, there's nothing worse than being on a conference call. And even those of us that are hearing experience it, where the speaker changes and they also change topics. And now you're lost. You don't know who's talking or about what. If everybody remembers to just start their comments with, hi, this is Danielle, and then continue on with their comment, then people at large are able to understand the communication better.
1: Yeah, you know what? That happens so often. I'll be on these, uh, you know, calls and someone who is deaf will be part of the board. Let's say it's a board of directors call. And what happens? Even though they say at the beginning, please say your name. The interpreter will have to come back on, please say your name. You know, there, I, you, you've <laughs> just got to get some of these things down, you know, really f- focused on it, you know, because you want to include everyone in communication. Now, there may be businesses listening that aren't doing this, so they're not familiar with the technology that you're talking about. Would you mind explaining to our listeners what that is, how they get it, how it works? Sure, absolutely. So right now, the platform that we are
2: making the most use out of is Zoom. Uh, By no means is it the only platform that we will use. I mentioned also Skype for Business, but we'll stick with the Zoom example. So if you have a deaf employee and you are going to be having a staff meeting with your whole department staff, you would simply need to provide the interpreter the conference information for that staff meeting. The interpreter and the deaf person could connect to each other via a Zoom link, which we could create, or we do create, the interpreter creates. And then the deaf person and the interpreter see each other. The interpreter is dialed into the meeting, can hear everybody talking in the room, and then interprets that to the deaf person. Uh, it is wonderful, though, if you can do video conferencing for your full team. We all know that some people have their little quirks and like to joke around. And sometimes that, that, those little nuances of conversations get lost when you can't see a person's facial expression. So if your organization has the technology available where by all employees could video chat with each other, the interpreter could be invited as a participant right in there. Their box would be pinned in the window and it would be just as if we were in the room together. It's really seamless. Technology's fantastic. We always do test runs with our customers and I would be glad to make myself available to any customer who's out there listening and never done this before. I'd be glad to do a test
1: run. And what about just video relay? I, what I'm talking about now, phone, not using Zoom. How does that work? Sure. Sure. So video video relay services um, are,
2: are different. So we were talking about video remote Interpreting, so VRI, which is a paid service that the business would contract with an organization such as SLIP and then they would pay for the services of the sign language interpreter. In doing so, they're getting the same reliable, consistent, professional interpreters every time. They don't have to do the vetting of the interpreters. They know that they're good to go. So that's VRI, Video Remote Interpreting. The Video Relay Service is a separate service that allows deaf people to communicate over the phone and make calls to hearing parties. So this means that a deaf employee of a business who's now working from home but needs to call in uh, to the tech help desk to get their password reset is able to do that just like you and I
1: can through their phone. So, you know, here are so many services and now this is going to bring me to Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about today, which is when a person who is deaf has to uh, go to the hospital. But before we do that, um, thinking back to what you said, is there anything you want to say to people who are deaf, who are employees, uh, you know, working from home? Because as you just said, This is probably going to, nothing is going to be the same. When this epidemic, this pandemic is over, it will not be the same. Our culture will change. The way we work will change. It will change. And as great advice that you gave, Daniel, put processes in place now so that you can use this all the time. You know, imagine if it had been in place right. before. But, you know, here we are now in this situation. What advice do you have for employees who are deaf, working for a major corporation or medium-sized corporation uh, or small, but that are working from home but have do not have access? Well, right. So if
2: they are working from home and they're not utilizing their VRI services from the organization that they contract with. Um, I'm I'm pleased to say that most, if not all, of SLIP's business partners are out there uh, using our VRI, Video Remote Interpreting Services, now. But if there's a business out there with a deaf employee and that employee is not getting good quality access because they're using VRS, for example, and they're having a different interpreter every time they make a call, could you imagine, Joyce, calling in and listening, thinking you're talking to me every time, but hearing a different voice, hearing a different person, it wouldn't feel the same. You would still be getting the, the facts that I'm saying, but you and I wouldn't have the connection that we do. So by, for those employees, if they can encourage their employer to allow them to use video remote interpreting, use their contracted agency and use those same reliable interpreters, their voice will be more consistent. Their productivity, in my opinion, will improve because they will have better quality access to the information that's happening at their workplace. Well we're gonna be I talking would also, more.
1: Right, go ahead. Go ahead. I,
2: I would I would also encourage those employees to be flexible. Try new try new platforms. Um, I know that a couple of our customers were used to doing things one way and I introduced a new approach and it takes one more step to do it, but the quality of the communication is much improved. So use me as a resource. Uh, I, I might be sorry for saying that on a national radio show here, but use me as a resource. I'm happy to help. My goal is always that every person
1: has access to the basic human right of communication. Well, thank you so much. Well, every half hour, we have our news break Uh, on every show with Advocacy Matters and our anchor, uh, who does such a great job every week, uh, Perry Jude Radisick. Perry, are you with us? Perry Jude? I am, Joyce, uh, as always. Thanks for having us. Wonderful to have you. So, what news do you have for us today during this time we're dealing with Perry Jude? There's
3: so much to still talk about related to uh, COVID-19 and the impact it has on people with disabilities. And this week, uh, we want to discuss uh, special education and what's been happening with the CARES Act, which is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Securities Act. Uh, national, state, and local special education advocates have closely watched the CARES Act And we've worried that there might have been an outright waiver of special education services under the Individuals with Disabilities in Education Act and the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. Now, that did not happen under the CARES Act. Instead, Congress allowed the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, to report to Congress within 30 days with recommendations on any waivers, Secretary DeVos deems necessary under the IDEA and the Rehabilitation Act for Congress to consider. So, states apply for these waivers, and then she makes these recommendations to Congress. So, now, this is really important. If you care about special education, we need you to act now. So, Advocates of special education must urge Congress to oppose any recommended waivers of the IDEA or the Rehabilitation Act from Secretary DeVos during COVID-19. We know advocacy matters, so I have two things for the community to do. Number one, if you're part of any organization, whether you're the CEO or if you're from a board of directors, contact your board or the CEO, and there's a national letter. If you go to disabilityrightspa.org, click on our Advocacy Matters page for today, you can find the letter. Look at the letter, see if you wanna sign on. I encourage you to sign on. It was written by the Consortium for Citizens with Disabilities. It's the Education Task Force. They want to deliver this letter to Congress and it strongly opposes any waivers to IDEA or the Rehab Act during COVID-19. So this is a call to action only for organizations. The deadline to sign on to this letter is 12 p.m. on April 9th. So the authors of this letter are the ARC of the US, the National Center for Learning Disabilities, the Autism Society of America, the National Disability Rights Network, and then Council of Parent Attorneys and Advocates. So uh, this letter, again, is only for local, state, and national organizations. Look at the letter. If you can, sign on by April 9th. It's really important. We have as many organizations as we can. Sign on to this letter. Now, if you're an individual advocate, you can email your members of Congress and tell them not to adopt any waivers. You know, we always have a simple way for you to do this. With just a few clicks, you can email your member of the House and your two senators and tell them not to adopt any waivers for educational services. So we have that link, too, if you go to disabilityrightspa.org. You'll find both of these things under our Advocacy Matters page today. So remember, Advocacy Matters, you can act today to protect the IDEA and the Rehabilitation Act in education today. Thanks, Joyce. You know what, Perry
1: Jude, let's do it this way, um, just so people understand. You, say that would happen, which would be horrible. You have a child yeah. uh, with a disability that, you know, is enrolled in an IEP. What would happen? What could happen?
3: So right now, the parents know, what, the parents know what's going on, right? Uh, schools are supposed to be educating their children now. And some districts may be doing a great job. Other school dis- districts may not be doing a very good job of educating their children and implementing their IEP at all. And they may be urging the Secretary, the secretary of Education at the federal level to exempt uh, that school district, or the state may be seeking an exemption under the IDEA through the COVID-19 period while their kids are at home. This is devastating. Students are entitled to a free and appropriate public education. They are. And so districts and states may be looking for a waiver of special oh, education services. Oh, my so God. We are asking, terrible. We are asking uh, local, state, and national organizations to sign on to a letter urging members of Congress to reject. Now... we were worried that under the CARES Act that there would be an outright waiver of special education services. That didn't happen. So what happens now, people ask for a waiver, and then DeVos, within 30 days, has to go to Congress and make these recommendations. So now we have to ask Congress to not approve any waivers. So that's where we are today. So advocates of special education want Email your members of Congress. We've made it simple. Go to our website, disabilityrightspa.org. Email your members of Congress today. Act now to protect education. If you're an organization, look at the letter. Sign on to the letter. Make sure you have approval through your approval process to sign on to that letter. And join many other national, local, and state organizations in doing so today. You have until 12 p.m. on April 9. And you can tell how passionate Perry Jude is,
1: uh, which is why I love her so much, and I'm so honored to be on that board. But i got to tell you, don't sit around. you got to do this. Too many things are happening so fast to the disability community. Uh, And here's one of them. So, you know, go to that website. Make that call. Make sure you act on this. And remember what I told you before. You can go to Spotify or Apple. Subscribe to my radio show, which means that you can get all of the shows. So if you talk to someone and you think, oh, I know this family, they have children with disabilities, you've got to tell them. They can hear it on demand. If they didn't hear it live, you've got to share the podcast. Tell them to go listen to it. And, Perry Jude, thank you so much for standing up for the rights of children with disabilities. Uh, You're welcome, Joyce, and thanks for having us. All right. Have a great day. Well, sure. so many things are so many things are happening, Danielle. So quick, th- so fast. That's what they the are. whole thing is. It's happening so fast. Um, before I talk about the hospital and uh, people who are deaf, which is so important, I wanted to just ask you your advice on one thing. And I've had sure. this happen, working with a business or an organization, and they say, "Well, you know." Uh, having interpreters, that's expensive. What is your answer? I I know you've heard
2: this. I, I I have, I have. But I have to remind businesses that communication is vital for successful, efficient business operations. And if they put that aside and they ignore that line item in an effort to save costs, those costs are going to pop up in other areas. When the impact of the miscommunication is realized, that's then when they're going to spend more to fix what they could have just done in the first place by making sure that they are providing access to their employees and to their customers right from the get-go by working with an organization such as SLIP, making sure that
1: quality communication access is provided from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, you, cannot, you can't lose great talent. You're discriminating. I mean you can't do that. Yeah. You know what right. what is what is a return on investment? A great employee that performs at the highest level is worth more than worrying about fees for interpreting services and you're not going to use this every minute of the day. I tell people that all right. the time. But you know, imagine having you enter, you go up you go apply for a job but you're not going to get the job because well you're in a wheelchair and we don't want to make the changes to accommodate you. no difference mm. no right. difference so uh, right. Danielle right. now for now for the scary part um, and already as you're talking, I'm thinking about how right in uh, western p a that they could use your services but right now, as you know, oh my God, there are so many Such a crisis at hospitals. And I must tell you, many people who are deaf, if something happens to them like they're they're getting chest pains or they've had an accident where they maybe have a significant cut and they need to go get stitches. I mean, anything, anything, they're afraid to go. They're afraid to go because you know, they don't understand how they're going to be treated or what's going to happen when they do go to the hospital. So right now with this pandemic, you've seen it on TV. Everyone's seen what's happening in New York and, you know, how hospitals are at the max. You know, can't mm-hmm. find enough ventilators, can't get enough health care resources. Um, what can hospitals do? What could doctor's offices do? But let's go first to the hospital. What could they do so that this would be fair, acceptable for people who are sure. deaf? Sure. sure. So both the two big hospital systems here in
2: Pittsburgh, uh, and I hope it's okay that I use their name, Allegheny Health Network and UPMC, both have contracts in place with both of the sign language interpreting agencies in Pittsburgh. And from SLIP's perspective, I think that is a great first step in the process here. Right now, the healthcare organizations are worried about so many other things, about saving the lives of patients, about making sure they have enough personal protective equipment. I don't want them to have to worry about, are we meeting the needs of our deaf patients? So they have the right process in place by having the contracts ready to go, but it's important that their frontline staff, the people that are greeting the patients as they get to the hospitals and to the doctor's offices, but sticking with hospitals, when, when a person is greeting a patient, if they know that person is deaf, those frontline individuals need to have right there at the ready the phone number to call to get the sign language interpreter on site. Now I say on site, knowing that right now there are limits to how many people can be in the hospital, who, no visitors allowed, but sign language interpreters are not visitors. We're part of the healthcare team. If you don't have a sign language interpreter and you have a deaf patient, you cannot meet that patient's needs. So while you all at the hospitals concern yourself with the health and safety of your patient, I'm there to make sure that every little aspect of the symptoms the patient is experiencing, the questions and concerns you have, are being interpreted effectively. Uh, at Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, we have communicated to the folks at the Allegheny County Health Department and asked questions about interpreter safety. We've shared that information off to our contractors. So these hospitals need to have trust in the organization that they contract with in knowing that we are providing them with a sign language interpreter who's qualified and ready to be there to be part of that team and not be a
1: burden on the system. Well, I don't feel you would be a burden because, uh, as you said, I realize they're dealing with life and death situations, but that can be a person who is deaf. So I know that if I would be deaf, I'm going in alone. You know, my husband or wife are not going to be there. I'm by myself. Right. And if you don't have right, I, an interpreter, what, what's going to happen? And I think I use the word burden meaning
2: that I've, I've heard the concern that it's one more person being put at risk. And I understand that. I understand that right now with social distancing, we're trying to keep people away from others so that we can flatten this curve and not see these yeah, catastrophic numbers, these, these terrible deaths like we've seen in other countries and in other cities. And I, I just want to remind the healthcare systems that might be listening in that they cannot provide the top quality healthcare to their patients without being able to communicate to them. And we can be there on site with proper protective equipment, with following proper protocols to help make sure those needs are met. Now, if there is a dire situation... Video remote interpreting is a reasonable backup plan. The hospitals that I'm familiar with here in Pittsburgh, both of the systems have video remote interpreting services in place, but I would beg those hospital systems to consider when possible having a physical, physically present on-site interpreter because I can't imagine getting awful news, a terrible diagnosis, through a screen. I would want my doctor to be sharing that with me in person. I would want to be getting that communication in person. And we all know technology is great when it works. If the video remote interpreter were to freeze or the internet connectivity not be perfect in that moment, a deaf person may not get the full message, even though the hearing person spoke that to the the deaf person. So I I implore those hospitals to please, whenever possible, understand that we are part of your team and we are there to help make sure your
1: patients are getting the top quality care that they need. And, you know, one idea that I had, um, I know that you have contracts, you know, with uh, hospitals. I was thinking in some situations it would really be good to have like you want a retainer, have someone on a retainer that, you know, the person can be there or be available within a very short time period, because everything you just said, I agree with. I mean, you know, when you're going through this crisis and it is terrible, you know, with so many people in that hospital and so much going on. I mean, I love Cindy Hunterfeen who's the head of uh, CEO of AHN. And she's working like incredible hours because as she told me, I have one thing on my mind and that's saving lives. And I'm sure it's like that at UPMC and everywhere, every hospital. But boy, would it be great if you could just have this available because these things happen so fast. And you know, there are people that are dying that have like children and they're by themselves. You know what I mean. So I just want to mention that to everyone. I just think that would be. Uh, I just think that would be so important. Here in the Pittsburgh
2: area, we don't have any uh, medical interpreters on Retainer that I'm aware of, uh, and and through Slip, there are none. Uh, it is definitely something that we could consider. It is definitely something that would provide that on-demand access to the hospital system. Uh, However, I would be concerned about the availability of qualified interpreters. Uh, This is off-topic, but there's not currently enough interpreters in the state because of our state laws and our national certification test being on hold, there's not enough interpreters to meet the demand that exists. So by having an interpreter on retainer at a hospital system, um, we'd need to weigh that. And, and I would be open to it if an organization wanted to have that conversation.
1: Well, I think that would be a great idea. And what Daniel's talking about, more people need to learn as a trade, as a career, how to be an interpreter. There are not enough By far, there are not enough. Um, And, you know, if you have any questions about this, you should get in touch with Danielle, but we need more interpreters. Isn't that correct, Danielle? We do. We
2: do, and there are four-year programs within a four-hour drive of Pittsburgh that graduate awesome interpreters every year. We welcome them as interns each spring, and I always look forward to that new batch. Now, unfortunately, COVID-19 and the pandemic has impacted this semester's interns, but I hope that they'll stick with it and that anybody listening that's interested in the field would pursue the degree and then ultimately national certification to do this work. It's plentiful and varied. It's rewarding and it's challenging. I love what I do every day.
1: Well, you know, I'm on the uh, national advisory group for NTID and I go to all the board meetings we have. And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad you brought that up because I'll be thinking about that now uh, when we're back to our new normal, telling them about you. But I do want to talk to you for a few minutes, those who are deaf, you should have a bag ready to go. Now, what I mean—God forbid—but just in case something would happen to you, you need a bag that would have pens, paper, uh, cords, cords for your smartphone, so that you're sure you can keep it charged while you're there. Phone numbers that you're going to give to the healthcare—you know—workers. You should have that prepared. You should have that prepared. Again, God forbid you'll never need it, but (laughs) if something happened to me and I was sent off, you know, in the ambulance, you need that. You need that ready to go. You need that bag with, again, paper, something to write on, pens, pencils, uh. An extra cord, if you have one, you know, for your phone. Of course, make sure you take your phone um, and phone numbers that you can give to the healthcare worker with the name of the person. Because although they cannot be there, they can call the person or contact the person, and they're just going to have to use uh, video relay. Uh, you know, to get in touch with the person, but you need to have that ready to go. So everyone is deaf. Please share that news with other people so that if something happens, you're prepared, you have all of that, you're ready. And am I forgetting anything you want to add there, Daniel?
2: Well, well no, I, I, would, I would add the National Association of the Deaf, NAD, Put out a video recently expressing the same the same sentiments. There to have a bag ready to go, to have all of the necessary phone numbers and electronic chargers, all of those things ready to go. And while it wouldn't be customary that a deaf person would be using their own technology to connect with an interpreter, these are uncharted waters. We don't know what's happening in the hospitals, and if if. The deaf person gets to the hospital and they don't, the hospital, the nurse, the aide, whomever it is doesn't know how to connect to video remote interpreting, having those resources available, we don't want to tell a person how to do their job and you want to worry about your own health, but if you have the ability to connect through an app to an agency that you trust, to an interpreter that you trust so your needs can be met right then and there, do it. Be ready to go. And these, these times are asking people to step outside the norm a little bit and be a little bit more flexible with the ways that we're connecting. When I saw NAD making that request, I thought, well, gee, why would a deaf person connect to their own interpreter? But the more I thought about it, I thought, well, you're right. You know, if, if the hospital doesn't know what to do, maybe the deaf person in that moment can just say, you know what, here you go and can connect to a trustworthy Organization um, until the hospital finds their video remote interpreting equipment, or they bring in their interpreter live. There are resources that the NAD has put together. I they are my trusted source for the information that's going out to the deaf community. I would recommend people take a look at what they have
1: to say. Howard Rosenblum. NAD, national, yes. uh, yeah, NAD.org. Is that what their website is? Correct. NAD.org. Yes. Listen to me. You've got That's to right. be prepared. You've got to be prepared. You've got to talk to your friends. You have to make sure everything is ready, um, including, you know, like say you're very hard of hearing. Y- even, you know, if you have something that you hand them that says, I'm deaf or uh, I'm hard of oh. hearing. What were you going to say, Daniel? Great
2: point, Joyce. Great point. The Pennsylvania Office for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing put out a communication card. It's available on SLIP's website. If you go to our homepage, at the top of the page, we have our COVID-19 statement, and from there, it will link you to the Office for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing, the cards that they have produced that they encourage all residents of Pennsylvania who are deaf to have printed out and ready to go in that bag. Um, it's a visual representation of your communication preferences. So you get to circle, I lip read, I use an interpreter, I want to write back and forth. Uh, You put down your symptoms on there. It's a great resource to have. I'm so glad you said that because that right there uh, will save a person the frustration of having to
1: say, call an interpreter, I can't understand you. Oh, okay. Well, make sure everyone does that. Would you mind repeating what they need to do to get that? Sure. Go to SLIP's website. That's
2: www.slipasl.com And on our homepage at the very top, there is a link to our COVID-19 statement. From our COVID-19 statement, you're able to download the Office for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing ODHH Healthcare Communication Card. That is a wonderful resource to have with you.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, Danielle, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? I I would
2: remind the deaf community that we touch our faces a lot when we're signing. So wash your hands a little bit more than you normally would. Everybody out there is needing to be washing their hands. But communication is a basic human right, and at SLIP, I pride myself every day. Joyce, thank you for, at the beginning, your kind words about me as a leader, but I truly am, as you said, passionate in everything I do, and I want to make sure that everybody has the access to communication in all facets of their life. Right now, we focus a lot on healthcare and on employment, but I'm here, I'm a resource, and I would be happy to work with your business or your employer uh, to make sure that You're getting what you need, and I I hope that everybody stays safe right now and stays healthy.
1: Yeah, that's right. Listen, everyone, you know right now we're going through a peak period, so listen to me. Stay home. Only go to, like, grocery store or pharmacy, and don't go there all the time. You know, try to go and get... Everything stocked up so, so that you don't need to make all those trips. Wash your hands all the time. The way Danielle said, remember physical distancing. I, I don't like the word social distancing because I want you to stay in touch with people. That's the other thing I want to say. Make sure you're texting people. Make sure you're talking to people. Um, stay in touch. So, Danielle, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Joyce. Thank One you. It's my pleasure. Oh, it's my always my pleasure to have you. And you know what, Danielle, we end every show with a quote. Uh, and today that quote is kindness is the language which the deaf can hear, and kindness is the language the blind can see, said Mark Twain. This is Joyce Bender, America's voice, where disability matters. At voiceamerica.com. Make sure you tell everyone else in the Deaf community to get this podcast. Talk to you next week.